You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. Lovely. Well, how about you keep that uh, clap of encouragement going for Benita as she comes out and she shares the word with us today. Okay, the scripture's in um, 2 Timothy 2 and um, 20. But in a great house there are... um, not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some of honour and some of dishonour. Therefore, anyone who cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honour, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. I just um, read that scripture to you not long ago, but I just wanted to say before I start is that... um, as I've always said to you before, no matter what I share with you today or any time, it's just things that the Lord's laid on my heart. And um, a lot of it isn't theory. Most of it isn't, except for what comes out of God's word. But it's through my experience I've had with the Lord. And, you know, I've had a personal experience with Jesus. And most of us here, I guess, have had a personal experience with Jesus. And um, he fills our life. And this scripture here... Um, about the the vessels in a house there's lots of vessels and we know we have different vessels and they're all different types of vessels and there are some vessels that says there are gold some are silver some are wood and some are clay and we have these vessels in the house and you know I just think what do they signify and what are they used for we have got um, vessels that have gold And you just wonder, would you put something in a gold vessel for display or you put it on the table to show it off and say, this is really a lovely vessel, so I'm going to put something. You might even put lovely flowers with perfume in it or you can put all sorts of things in it. And, you know, it's the same with silver. They sort of represent wealth, don't they? Yeah, because gold is quite pricey, silver's quite pricey, maybe sometimes not as pricey as gold, but we'd use it for those sorts of things. And then it says it's got um, things like wood and clay, and they might be used for common things in the, in the home. So you might have things like um, serving to people. You might put food in them to serve, or you might even um, use these vessels to put rubbish in. To, to take out to the garbage. But they're all used for different things. And, you know, even gold and the silver, some people might need to use them. They might put them in the china cabinet because they look nice. So, or they might put them up for display just to say, gee, this will make my house look nice. So that's what they're there for. Some of the wooden clay, they might be things that people have picked up for souvenirs or you might have got it for a gift. So we've got all these vessels, haven't we? in a house. Every one of us has got some sort of vessel. And um, regardless of what the vessel is or what it's made of, it is actually a container. And, you know, when we look at that, we are containers, aren't we? We actually are a vessel. And we are, um, can put things in our vessel. And I wonder, you know, we as vessels, are we... You know, you see people that really love themselves a lot and they put a lot of makeup on 
They do a lot of plastic surgery. They do a lot of hairstyles, different colours. I mean, it's lovely to look nice, isn't it? But some people can really do themselves up and think, I am really something. And then there are other people, you know, that um, they, um, their vessel, you know, they're just ordinary, everyday people because we're all vessels, aren't we? And we all have things we put in our vessel. And um, our vessel is just, is important sometimes and we do need to look after ourselves because if we eat all the wrong food, what's going to happen? We're going to get sick, aren't we? We're going to get diseased and we need to look after our vessel. We still need to have a wash every day or we'll stink. You know, we need to look after ourselves. We need to have a clean vessel and um, even in the Bible it talks about us being clean vessels. But I just wanted to show you something I've got over here. I did want to put it up, but I just want to show you this. This is a vessel. It's a container, and it's got pasta in it. And I just think that this pasta, if I gave you some pasta, even if it was cooked, and it wasn't in this container, what's going to happen to it? It's just going to, I'm not going to roll out everywhere, won't it? And will it matter? It's going to go everywhere. It's useless. I hope when the next person comes up here, don't slip all over it. But it's going to roll over all over it if it's not in a good vessel, isn't it? Now, I could take this vessel too because this is not a real gold vessel. It's just an ordinary thing that comes from the Chinese shop. But, I mean, it can be easily broken. It can be easily tattered. It can get holes in it because I haven't looked after it. And that's a lot of things can happen with our vessel you know, if we don't look after it and we don't do the right thing by our vessels. And we know that. And, you know, the Bible talks about us as being um, temples of the Holy Ghost. And we are really belong to the Lord. If we've given our lives to the Lord, we belong to him. And um, the scripture there... Um, little takeover here is that um, first of all I just wanted to um, I'm just trying to think where that scripture is now that we're temples of the Holy Spirit and we are temples and it says that we're not our own that God paid the price for us God paid for us on the cross of Calvary that we would be his and we belong to him as Christians and um, the Bible there says, um, Isaiah 43, 7, bring all who claim as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. And God created us for him. He created us, not so as that we could live our way, but we could live for him and we could glorify him. And when um, Stuart and, um, gosh, I know your name, Judy, were worshipping there and I thought that's what we're for that's what we come to church for that's what we are for to worship the Lord we're just here to worship him that's what this vessel is to worship the Lord and we have a responsibility to this container to make sure it's clean and the Bible also says um, just trying to think of where it is and I didn't write this one down it said that uh, you know if we say we have no sin 
we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess it, then he is faithful and just to forgive us and he will cleanse us of all those things that we have made. And I think with our vessel, we have to be very careful, every one of us. What do we listen to? What sort of music do we fill our mind with? Do we fill our mind with godly things, positive things? There's so much negative music going on in the world today. We, you know, people are filling their minds. It's on the TV, it's on the radio. These songs, even, there's no shame about swear words in songs these days. They just sing out what it is and it goes into our minds and into the hearts of vulnerable people. And, you know, even on TV, what do we watch? I just can't stand watching movies that have got filthy language in them and things that are, are ungodly. It turns me right off. And I wonder what we're watching. What are we putting into our lives? And we need to be careful with our vessels, what we're filling our lives with. John 1.12.2 says, Many has received him, to them he became power to become his children. And he has given us the power to be his children. And we, in Peter 2.9, says we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And God did choose us. And I really feel privileged today that God chose us. He chose me, he chose us, that we would be his children. And um, you know what? Um, the other thing the Lord chose us for, I said first, to worship him. That's what it's all about, to worship him, to glorify God, to give him praise, to worship him. Because when we do that, God does something wonderful. And I don't think, even as a child, I never understood that. Praising God, giving him glory, brings glory to us, to our family and to those that are around about us. And the other thing, the mission for us, is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And this is what we are about. This is what we need our vessel for. This is what we need cleansing for. And we need to be able to fill our lives with the things of God. We need to take that responsibility and say, I am going to fill my life, my vessel, with what God, God wants me to be. And you know what? To go into all the world, he doesn't say... You have to have a title. You don't have to be Pastor Bonita. You don't have to be Priest Bonita. You don't have to be anything or have a big name, like all these people on TV. But a lot of people listen to all, a lot of people on TV and they're so godless and they've got no idea what's going on in the world. And uh, it really irks me sometimes that people use these people as idols and they've got no idea about godly principles of the world. But I just want to look at a couple of things in the Bible um, of different people that were used of God. They had no title, they had no name. And one example is in um, 2 Kings 5, 1, 14. And um, it's all about the, um, the little girl... Um, and I, look, you can read it if you like. I, I, you probably know the story. And it's about the um, Naaman. And uh, he was a, a, a chief officer. And Naaman had leprosy. And if you know what leprosy was, it was a disease that was quite contagious. And a lot of people in the New Testament, where I read a lot of them were walking down the street and they'd have to call out, unclean, unclean, unclean. So no one would go near them. But Naaman had leprosy 
And um, he, um, the king really admired Naaman. But, you know, there was a little girl in this story and she was a slave. She was brought there and um, she was um, given to, the, to, to Naaman's wife and she, she worked with Naaman's wife. But she knew the prophet and um, she said to the, the wife, she said, you know what, I would like to tell the king that, about the prophet and I'd like Naaman to go and see the prophet because he'd know what to do with this particular disease. And, you know, they listened to this girl and it turned out that Naaman uh, told the king and the king said it was all right for him to go to Elijah and he went there and um, he um, said to him, I want you to go, he said, and, and dip in the Jordan seven times. And he said, I'm not doing that. I've, there's other rivers that are cleaner. I'm not doing that. I'm, I, I don't want to. But he thought about it after and he went back to the prophet and he went into the water and he washed seven times and he was obedient. And once he did that, he was clean and he was healed of the leprosy. But do you know this little girl was instrumental in bringing that message? All she had was a voice. You know, she was a captive. And I just wonder and think about us before we came to Jesus. We were captives. We were slaves. But Jesus came didn't he? And he freed us from slavery. He freed us from captivity. And we have a voice and we have a message, you know, to give. It might be just a simple thing. This little girl had no, they didn't name her. She's not famous. I don't even know if we heard any more about her further on. But she gave the message to bring about change for a high-powered person, a chief officer. And then the story goes on 1 Kings 17, 8. The widow feeds Elijah, um, cooked for him a meal. She was on the master, she, she, yeah, she, she cooked him a meal. I don't know if you remember, she, um, Elijah went to her and um, the Lord told him to go there after the, the famine and he said, I want a drink. And she said, come and get a drink. And uh, he said, but I want something to eat. She said, oh, all I've got is a little bit of flour and a bit of oil and I can't give you everything I've got. But she, she wanted to share. But now this woman, she wasn't a master chef. She wasn't Jamie Oliver. She wasn't from the biggest bakehouse. She was a widow with her little boy that had nothing but a morsel of flour and the oil. And she came and she made the bread for him and she sustained him and, the, and uh, her son and um, Elijah. She was obedient she did what the prophet said. And you know what? She must have had some sort of insight there to know this was a man of God. This was something this woman had inside of her that made her be obedient to this person. And then the next story is the Exodus 23. And I was just thinking now, is Hillary going to mention this? But anyway, there was a story of Moses at Marah. And the people were going through um, the um, wilderness but they did a lot of whinging when they went through and they complained a lot about a lot of things. But they came to Mara to have a drink. But when they tasted the water, it was really bitter. So the Lord showed Moses the tree and he said, go and get that tree and put it into the water and you can make it sweet. Now this tree, even that as a, a, an instrument there, 
do you know this tree? It wasn't anything great. They didn't say that's a cedar, that's a this, that's a whatever tree it is. It's just a simple tree, just a bush that Moses, you take and put in the water. And, you know, we as ordinary people, God can use us to take the bitterness out of people and make them sweet and bring a sweetness to somebody with a word of kindness, just something that we could share, just something, you know, and I know sometimes, you know, I was sitting in the cafe at Orange one day and I was with my granddaughter and this lady there and she was all by herself. She looked quite sad but she had a lovely pair of white joggers on and a zip. And I just called over and I said, your shoes are so lovely. I said, I just love those shoes. And the smile that came on her face and, you know, just such a pleasure to be able to encourage someone with a kind word, even if it's something like your hair looks nice today or just something. Like just take away a bit of the bitterness out of people and bring a sweetness. So... You know, that was it. And then there was the other story of 2 Kings 4 where the the prophet's wife used to increase the oil. And I love this story because it really speaks of a lot of vessels. And you probably know this story when the prophet went there and um, she said to him, um, or he said that he he wanted food and that. And she said, look, I've only got so much oil here and it's enough. And, well, actually, for the two sons and because uh, her husband had died and um, he, he said um, I want you to go and get as many vessels as you can so I can fill it with oil and what a ministry was this this lady sent out for all the vessels and every vessel she bought was filled isn't this exciting every vessel was filled with oil and she was able to sell the oil and pay the debt and we as people of God You know, we've got an opportunity to bring vessels, you know, bring our vessels so they can be filled with the oil. And uh, there are just some stories there of ordinary people that were used of God to do magnificent miracles. God was able to use these miracles. And there's one miracle that I love, and it's the miracle there of John 6, 1, 13, of the the little boy with the, the two fish and the five loaves. And, uh, you know, the people were hungry where Jesus was ministering. They were very hungry. It was 5,000 of them. And he had these two fish and five loaves. I get get confused. Sometimes I think it's three. I have to check with Graham. It's two fish, five loaves. Anyway, and they were packed in his lunchbox. Someone prepared that lunchbox. And I don't know whether I've shared this before, but I love this because with this little boy... He was prepared to sustain himself. And you know what? How many of us have packed our lunch with good things to share? How many of us... I think about my life as a child and I think my mum sent me to Sunday school. She read the Word of God. We had friends around where we sang hymns. We went to church. We went to Sunday school. And all my life I've been reading the Word of God and I've been listening to the Word of God And I've been packing my life with lunch to sustain me. And I wonder how many of us, and when I was going back to that thing about watching TV and what we watch and what we hear, what are we packing in our lunch to sustain us and to share with other people? 
he was this little boy and he had this lunch in the box and he had enough to give to Jesus. And what have we got to give to Jesus ourselves? What have we got to share with other people? You know, I just um, think about myself and I think about this beautiful story about this little boy with this lunch. What did he have? Two fish and five loaves. These people had all these other things. And what have we got? What have we got? This little boy had his lunch there and he was prepared to share it and to give it out to the, um, the, the crowd. And um, that little boy didn't have no name. I don't know of a name there. I don't know of, of him being famous at all. But yet, he had something there to share. And I just wonder, you know, the message today is, what do we have in our hands? What do we have in our hands that God could multiply? You know, we don't have to run here, there, everywhere. And I tend to do this looking for cause, looking for this. But God has been saying, what do you have in your hands? And this is what I played the violin today because I wanted you to know I've got something very simple in my hands. And at the moment, it's not wonderful. One of the strings kept popping out. I got Cindy to help me. <laughs> Don't, I won't play the G string. I'll just play G on the, a, on the D string. So I've got something in my hand. And I said, God, you take this violin and you bless it that I might worship you with this. And what else do I have? I have a voice. Bless my voice, Lord, because I can use my voice to pass on a message like this little girl. What else do I have? I have a home that I can share. I have food that I can share. What do we have in our hands? That's what God says to us. What do we have in our hands? We mightn't have stacks and stacks of big things. We mightn't be good big-time preachers or... You know, there's a lot, a lot of things that we could have, but what do we actually have? And God says, use it. And I, I keep thinking, Lord, I've got my home and it drives me up the wall because I haven't got a room, an extra room that I can go and just do what I like. We've got one lounge room, we've got this other room and the angel's got a small room, but God said, but you've got a home. What have you got? Use what you've got. And you know what? You be happy with it because I will multiply whatever you have and I will make it work for my glory and whatever we have, what's in our hand. Don't think that you have nothing because if you've got a voice and you've got legs to walk and you've got a car and you've got a phone, you've got heaps of things that you can get God to multiply, like this oil. He can multiply all of that. And I just think, um, you know, my grandmother and that used to say to us, or my mother, when we got cranky and that, they would say, what's the key to you? Does that sound silly to you? They'd say, what's the key to you? And I think now, I didn't understand it when I was a kid. And I think now, what is the key to me? What's the key to you? What key do you have that's going to help you to minister the way that Lord wants you to, the way that he wants to use you. And I think these vessels, go back to these vessels. We are a vessel 
And we are belong to God because he bought us with a price. We do belong to him. We are children of God. And um, each, I said, represents, each one represents something. And the gold, do you know the gold in the Bible and other places I looked it up, but it always represents money. And so does the silver. And, you know, sometimes I think, Lord, we don't have a lot of money. And I don't know anyone in this room that's a millionaire. You might be, I don't know. But what money have we got? Do you know if we give obedience to God, our tithes and whatever it is, and share with one another, God will increase it. Because that's what God does. That's his word. You know, give and it shall be given you. Press down, shaken together and running over. God will give us. Not only for ourselves. I, I was thinking about um, Rick Warren, I think it is, and he was talking about how, you know, he, he uh, reverse ties. Now, he doesn't only tithe on what he, he earns. He, he just ties on everything. And he just keeps back what he would have given the church. Keeps back 10% and he gives the rest. You know, so he does that because he knows you can't outgive God. And if we're vessels of gold, we're vessels of honour. If we are cleansed, we become vessels of honour, ready and fit for the master's use. And this is where our faith comes into. Really, in our vessel, if we've filled our life with faith and the word of God and listening to the word of God, we will start to increase our faith. And then the silver is sort of nearly the same thing, isn't it? It talks about wealth and health. And then the, the wood. And um, wood is a very good thing, you know, to have. It's something we need in the world. And a lot of our homes are built on wood. The foundation is laid with wood, isn't it? And even to sit in a chair, and I know these ones aren't wood, but at home... My chairs are all wood. My table is wood. And, and our, you know, houses are wood and the frame is often wood. And, you know, it's a good foundation. And um, I think about an example there of that wood when Isaac was sacrificing uh, his son and Jesus said, I want you to take him up. And when I was reading this, I was thinking about how um, I cried because he... He took his son up to the sacrifice of sacrifice and he loaded the wood on his back and he carried it with him up to the sacrifice and he said, Dad, where's the lamb? And his father said, he will provide. And God provided that lamb. And what a type of Christ. When Jesus was ready to go to the cross, what did he do? He carried the wooden cross. The wooden cross he bore for us and he carried it up to Calvary and he was the sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. There he was for us that we would live better and that we would live for him and he would make things different for us. Like these people, you know, they made such Jesus. He didn't write any books. And he wasn't like a high priest there. He was God's son. But people treated him horrible. They spat on him. And they treated him terrible. But he went there for us. And he was an example of how we should live. And then 
you know, the clay. And I was reading about clay, how clay is made up of rock and the water hits the rock and it makes clay. And Jesus is our rock, you know, and he said, I'll build my church upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And these vessels all represent something, you know, and we as a church represent our Heavenly Father and we can be exactly what he wants us to be as long as we fill those vessels with the things, you know, that God wants us to. So, you know, I just think that we should think about all those things as vessels as we come to the Lord, you know, and think, God, you provided that I would be a vessel of honour, that I, Lord, would be cleansed and that I, Father, would be obedient um, to you in everything you say. But let's make ourselves available to God that we might be what he wants us to be because you know what? God wants us to grow. He wants our church to grow. But do you know what he wants more than that? He wants a healthy church. He wants us to be healthy in every way. And even if it's sometimes we rub one another up the wrong way, we need to stay close to God so as that we will be a healthy church. Because I'm telling you, if someone talks to you this way or that way and you say, I'm going to go away from here, no matter where you go, God's going to say, you need to be healthy in your mind, your soul and your body and your vessel needs to be clean and you need to empty that vessel first of yourself and all the things that are, you know, not of God and fill it then with the Holy Spirit so as that I can use you. So I just pray today that what I've said will touch you and touch my heart and that I can go away even this week and say, Lord, I need more of you and I need to know that I belong to you and that I can glorify you in every possible way. Can we pray? Lord, I thank you today for your word and I thank you that, Lord, no matter what's going on in the world around us, Lord, that, Lord... Everything in this world is going to pass away, but your word will live forever. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to grow in you, that we might worship you, that we might serve you, we might step out for you in every possible way. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Someone spilt some pasta on the stage. (laughs) Go figure. Um, I love that passage of scripture. I I don't know, who here wants to be a special vessel used for extraordinary things in God's kingdom? I am mentally taking note of who puts their hand up right now. Oh, hello, Pat, you snuck in there. (laughs) Okay, all right, okay. So do you know how you get to be an extraordinary vessel, useful to your heavenly father? Do you know, do you know, do you know what this passage says? It, it says this, um, shun youthful passions, pursue righteousness, pursue faith, pursue love, Pursue peace. Call on the Lord from a pure heart. You know, holiness and righteousness matters. 
God, God doesn't want to use like corrupted, um, unrighteous, impure objects. He, he wants us to have a holy, pure heart that is, is, is a heart after his heart, that, that is reflecting his nature and his character. And, and, and church, you know, if we want to be used by God in this place for special purposes, he wants us to be filled with his, his righteous character. And so we need to be people of peace and people of love and people who are, who are pursuing righteousness. So can I encourage you, go after that passionately, diligently, zealously, and the reason I'm pushing this point a bit is, is partly because that scripture has been one that God has spoken to me really strongly over the years. You know, he's like, Annette, if, if you want to be used for special things, you need to allow me to, to, to clean you on the inside. And I tell you what, it's, I'm a work in progress. There's kind of a, you know, spiky edges and a bit of junk that he's still squashing out of me, yeah. But, but, but I'm open to that. I'm wanting that. Um, I was away at conference this week in Adelaide, our, our pastors and leaders conference. Benita, did you catch any of that conference online? No. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, on the, um, the second night, the Wednesday night, God said to me, and I don't normally hear a sort of a fairly audible stream of words from God, but I did this night. God said to me, Annette, I don't know if I should admit to this, but I had my phone out. <laughs> God said, Annette, put away your phone. I've got something special for you tonight. All right. And he did. And he really spoke to me through through that speaker that night. And that speaker um, made mention of something and, and it reminded me of this scripture. God brought that scripture to mind in response to something that speaker said. And I said, well, all right, God, well, if you want me to go out for prayer after this, I'll, I'll know you want me to do that if, if, if he shares this scripture. The next second he opens his mouth and shares this, this scripture. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going out for prayer tonight. <laughs> um, so it spoke. And, and so, so such a relevant, timely word, Benita, that, that scripture was, was incredibly special and significant for me at conference and, and has always been. So for you to, to share that today, God's, God's got my number. Um, but I think he has our number as a collective church. I think that's a real word for us, and I'd encourage you to go home and, and meditate on that whole section. It's always good, isn't it, to, to read our, our, our verses sort of in, in the context of that whole section, and I think you'll really get um, a lot of good stuff out of that. So maybe, maybe you'll make that your life first too, hey? Yeah. Um, all right, let, let me just close in prayer and we'll, we'll enjoy some time together. And look, I just encourage you, you know, if, um, yeah, if you want to, yeah, if you want to come and, and talk and, and have some prayer about, about this or anything that Benita has raised today, grab hold of Benita, get some prayer. Grab hold of me, get some prayer. Grab hold of Jen or, or anyone else here and, and get some prayer. Don't, don't go home today if there's unfinished business that God has placed on your heart. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Um, Father, uh, we, we know how, how, um, how much we fall short of your greatness and glory in, in our own selves and our own strength. We know that we really are very ordinary vessels on our own. But Lord, our, our desire is that you would 
cleanse us, that you would make us fresh and new, that by the power of your your Holy Spirit, that the the gift of grace and favour that you have given to us through Jesus Christ, that that would change us from ordinary people, ordinary vessels, that that would change us into vessels of infinite worth, of, of, of gold and silver, that we might be ready to be used by you in your kingdom, in your household. And so, Lord, we just open our lives to you and we want to pursue righteousness, Lord. Show us how to pursue righteousness. Highlight uh, the things in our life that are, are, are full of junk. Highlight the things in our life that you want to take out. Lord, prompt our consciousnesses when we maybe uh, stray down the, the wrong path or the wrong way. Lord, give us a desire to be people who truly reflect your character and your nature. So we thank you, Lord, for your word to us. May it continue to nourish us throughout the week. May it continue to to grow in our life and bear fruit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone.